We've seen the Suns' big three, finally. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, what did we like? What did we not like? And what can we expect going forward as the Suns' season is finally underway? Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to close out your week. We're free and available everywhere, including YouTube, so just hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're finding the show to get a new episode in your feed every Monday through Friday. Become an everydayer and get locked on to the Phoenix Suns right along with me every day, all season long. Aaron Edwards is here. He is a writer over at FanBuzz Sports and the Friday co-host of this show. We're going to talk about the big three now that we saw them on Wednesday night against the Brooklyn Nets, probably again on Friday against the New York Knicks, and then Sunday against the Wizards before a Nice, easy road trip next week with a lot of travel in between. So we are off to the races, and we're going to take stock of what that all looks like. Today's show is brought to you by PrizePix. You can use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA or go to prizepix.com slash LOCKEDONNBA to play the easiest and most exciting daily fantasy sports game and get a first deposit match up to $100. Okay, Aaron, I will give you the floor here because I did a recap show after the Nets game on Wednesday night, but what did you? What, what was your biggest observation or takeaway coming off that close loss but a game where all three guys did play well box score-wise? Um, the early like filling out process, I think that was kind of the, what we kind of thought was going to be when they finally get, got on the court together. They all were just feeling each other out and not really playing exactly their games. Like Katie got a lot of open threes that he missed. Like we knew that they were going to get open shots and they definitely got them. They got them pretty easily, but it was the feeling out between book and uh Beal with the ball handling. And they're just, it's going to take a while for them to figure that out. Like, who's going to go, who's not. And I said this earlier, like I know book would probably be more comfortable being off ball because he's used to it and he's good at it. But it was like, did he shoot in the first quarter? Like he gets in that CP thing now where he's like, I'll fill the game out and then I'll get hot later when you're still Devin Booker, like shoot the ball kind of thing. And I think that's just going to take a while to get that back and forth put together. Yeah, it was book not shooting in the first quarter. You also had, Nurkic not to me like the very end of the second quarter he had a couple buckets obviously but even he wasn't really a kind of set floor a table setter throughout the beginning of the game either which has been a, a big fulcrum for them obviously most of the year so just a lot of different components that didn't really add up to the Suns team we've gotten used to seeing which is obviously going to happen but then you see Booker get a little bit more aggressive, and he scores 34 by the end of the night, but Beal shot maybe a handful of times after the first quarter when Booker was being aggressive. Yeah. So, yeah, I think KD's going to get his. like That That I don't really worry about because he's going to hit 
pretty much any open shot that he gets, he can get to the line, and obviously he can kind of ISO and create for himself anyway. So that part of it coming off of an ankle, I, I think, is the thing I'm least concerned about. And I'm not really worried about any of it, but it it's just going to be an adjustment, like you said. And I think the th- maybe the, the two things that I'm maybe realizing about the team that weren't obvious to me or just seeing it is Beal, Beal like kind of has to be off ball to me because that's what makes him the most the biggest of a threat with the rest of this roster. Like they yeah. they were missing somebody who could just keep the defense's attention, not just by standing there, but by doing stuff, you know, running off screens, cutting, screening. And so they kind of actually, I think, like don't want him to have the ball. Like it's not just he's good at both. It's like actually like actively no, like do not be running stuff yeah. all that often because <laughs> we need you to do that yeah. other th- that other thing. Um, and I think they need to play fast. Like that was the thing that made them feel so scary and got Suns fans so excited in that preseason game, which I know feels like stupid to say, but it was, that was the component. That was the ingredient was, yeah. it just felt like they were coming downhill for 12 straight minutes in that first quarter and, you know, in that first half. So those two things have to happen. The problem is, I think it's tiring to do all that stuff. It's tiring for Beal to do that when he's coming back from injury. It's tiring to play fast. And so when you're also coming back from injuries and trying to get healthy, saying, all right, let's just be this like overwhelming force is easier said than done. Yeah, I think a lot of that was just, and even without the transition stuff, the offense just kind of seemed like a cluster. <laughs> like it just seemed slow and they were getting late in the shot clocks and guys are getting like kind of not locked down, but they were getting the ball with three seconds left and having to make something happen. I feel like it happened like four or five times yesterday because they're just so uncertain of who's supposed to shoot right now. And KD, he was the most comfortable with it. Like he was like, if I'm touching it, I'm shooting it. And we're kind of going to need that from him. Some of them didn't fall early, which were like a lot of wide open shots. But I think that once they get that cluster part figured out of either or, and just kind of passing back and forth until the shot clock goes down, that's what, that was the slowness to me. Like the transition stuff I think will come, but just how late they were getting their shots up was kind of the eye-opening part. Yeah, to me, you mentioned um, it's 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 all those things, but I guess the other part, and I don't want to like read too much into, I hate like getting one answer and then being like, okay, I have my whole opinion now, but I did, <laughs> I did ask yesterday at the game, pre-game I asked Vogel about, um, as these guys get back in in together and Book has finally gotten a, a bunch of games under his belt in a row and is in a good rhythm, <clears throat> how the evolution of his communication with Book has has played out over the course of the season just in terms of calling sets versus not versus, you know, slow, fast, all those things that a coach and a point guard tend to have to have. And he said mostly he's hands off, which, you know, of course, if you watch the games, I think that's that's pretty clear. Um, But I think and I saw this in the YouTube comments from yesterday's show, and I I tend to agree with it. I think it needs to be a little more hands on would would be one thing I would say, because it's it's easy to say that. But then, you know, you just can't afford the number of possessions right now where even if they run something, 
there's nothing if that first action doesn't work. And then you're at, you know, three, like even the the Jordan Goodwin bucket in the fourth quarter on Tuesday against the Warriors, the yeah. N one that he had. Really that, like, yeah. <laughs> it was a broken play, right? Like it, they kind of got yeah. lucky because they ran a little two man game dribble handoff on the, with an empty side for Beal and, and Nurkic. Beal gets cut off on the baseline, makes kind of a bailout pass. And then Goodwin just has to turn something out of nothing. And luckily he's bigger than Chris Paul. So it worked out, but moments like that, it's like they need, structure there and it's nice to say hands off but you know that that only will get you so far and then I think uh, so then asked after the game I asked book about uh playing faster and because Nurkic had commented on it and not just like transition points but like you're saying kind of quicker decisions in the half court and book was like oh, I want to run at all times and it's like okay well that's but that's not happening so yeah, it we just, knew that about him, though, already. <laughs> exactly, I did. But, you know, I think I was asking it because it's not happening. And in the half court, it's like I wanted to know what his mentality is if there are moments where he feels like things do need to settle down. And he's like, you know, I don't really ever think that. It's like, okay, I, I, I get you. But <laughs> what I'm saying is rather than picking those, you know, small things up and, and trying to make something out of it is it just speaks to everybody's still feeling out what this is going to look like, right? Like, I think you're you're kind of seeing the mentality be one thing, but the reality be something else. And this person has this idea of what went wrong. That person has this idea. And that's fine, because, again, they only lost by four, and everybody shot better than 50% from the field as far as the big three goes, and Nurk had a good game. So yeah. we're talking about, like, small incremental growth. But that's my long-winded way of kind of breaking down, I think, where everybody's at. Yeah, I think um, they'll get used to it because I think the blitzing stuff is just going to be until they can prove that it doesn't work. I mean, it's not working, but I think if the blitz happens and then Bill can get the offense going because you're pretty much playing four on three at that point or five or yeah, four on three. And I think once we have a ball handler that's comfortable making plays from that spot because Book is going to get blitz. And for a lot of the time with Bill out, he would just reload, get the ball back, and now we're it's 12 seconds on the shot clock. And now you're trying to restart the offense again. So, like you said, I think once the first action we can get out of and start getting to the second and third stuff, the offense will look smoother. Like it still looks good. Like people were getting open shots, they scored fine. It was mostly just defensive stuff. But I think like the clunkiness that we obviously see out there will get fixed once everybody gets comfortable with each other. All right, speaking of comfort and everybody coming back, let's talk about how things change when Gordon and Allen return and maybe get a little into what this rotation might eventually look like as best as we can guess it. First, today's show brought to you by Dave. Finances can be intimidating, and that's why you need Dave. Dave can manage, make managing your money so much easier with an interest-free extra cash advance. Free fee-free goal tracking, and easy ways to find a side hustle to make more money. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field, so when you download Dave, you can get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees, all part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest, and then settle up later. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to make their finances easier, so if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's dave.com slash LockedOnNBA to get five up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check and no late fees. 
Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash LockedOnNBA to take advantage. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provide by Evolve, member FDIC. Okay, Aaron. So you mentioned comfort and and full health and all that stuff. And uh, it's obvious this team will get better when when Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen are are part of it. Uh, We talked about playing a little quicker half court and full court, and everybody that brought that up last night mentioned that Grayson's a, a key part of that. Who do you expect to see start when they're when they're healthy? Because we've kind of seen all the combinations now. You know what I mean? We even got Metu at basically yeah. like a on <laughs> playing the wing yesterday for a few minutes. We've seen almost every different option at this point start. Obviously, we haven't seen them all with the big three because we've only seen one game of that, but what feels the best to you right now? And and just, I guess, to which of the rotation players do you trust? Because we've seen them all. That doesn't mean they've all looked good consistently. So where are you at with the, kind of the depth pieces that you think are are locks right now? Um, I think Eric Gordon, Grayson, and Akogi are kind of the locks to me. Like, I think the... The starting lineup's going to be weird because we're going to be small. <laughs> yeah. and we're going to be pretty small in the starting lineup. And it depends, like, the rebounding numbers, like the Lakers stuff, and we actually rebounded, out-rebounded the Warriors. But the offensive rebounding stuff is kind of getting out of control right now. So it depends, like, are we just going to lean into the scoring machine kind of thing and just give up what we give up? And I think that's kind of where it's leaning. So I can see Grayson getting that spot. That's what I was gonna say. I, I just I keep thinking about I keep coming back to him because <clears throat> I know we talked about it a lot preseason, but Grayson is the closest I think you can get to a point of attack defender of the offensive yeah. guys, right? Like of the guys who give you offense, <laughs> he's probably if it's not gonna be Beal, I think Grayson is is the closest. Um but yeah, and I think it gives him the flexibility to sit Bill early and then kind of do bring in somebody bigger like a Metu or something, and then we can go that route. And that way we can get more Bill and Eric Gordon together with a lot of bigs or our only other kind of defensive uh, wings and bigs that we have. So I think it just gives you more fe- flexibility with the rotation if you can bring Grayson out there and sit Bill early. Yeah, it gives you, I mean, they've been relying on. Jordan Goodwin to kind of be, <coughs> excuse me, the secondary ball handler uh, when they want to get book off ball, when they want to have somebody out there to set Durant up, all these other types of things. If if you can have that be Grayson, then maybe that that limits how much you even need to play Goodwin in the first place. But that brings us to uh, Akogi, who I, I just, I don't, I don't, I can't get there with him being a lock. I think he is shooting. He even. was a lock just by default to me. His shooting is abysmal right now. But, yeah, I just – I think defensively we, we're so bad at the point of attack right now and on-ball D. Like, he kind of just has to be, like, out there just by default. He's shooting a career – well, not a career best, a, a son's best and one of his career best numbers from uh, at the rim. Akogi is, but that's still relative because it's it's still it's only fifty nine percent. But overall, 
He's making mid-range shots a little bit better this year. I don't even realize, like, he's somehow taken 16 mid-range shots already this season. That doesn't make <laughs> a ton of sense to me. Um, <clears throat> I guess I just would prefer Goodwin. And if you're getting, uh, if you're getting Allen, who can do something there against certain matchups, and I trust Goodwin's offense, I would probably just say a Kogi to me it's it's fine to get him out of there I, I know I'm overlooking the defense but I think you're right that at the end of the day if I'm making rotation decisions for the Suns I'm probably going to lean offense on almost at almost every spot just because I think that's what this team's identity is going to be and I think their defensive pathway is going to be scheme and coverage and execution base much more than than it's going to be personnel but you know, I'm sure I'll be wrong. I'm sure it'll be matchup based. But what about the rest of the front court side of things? Because the Eubanks situation has been a, a real problem in the two games this week. He he's barely <laughs> played because his first half minutes have not gone well. And I think <clears throat> you're seeing the more that Metu plays, the inconsistency, why he's a guy that has fluctuated in terms of his minutes and his role everywhere he's ended up in in the NBA and even at in college at USC back in you know the D'Anthony Melton days um <laughs> and you know I I, th I think Little clearly is kind of the most trustworthy of that of that group and Bates Diop probably wouldn't have even played last night unless Little and Eubanks were out for different reasons with the injury and the and the inconsistency so do we have any answers there? What do you think? No, the backup center situation is kind of looking really rough. Like Eubanks is, I'm not sure if it's a confidence thing at this point. It's, it just doesn't look great. <laughs> These last two, I think it was like a minus 50 <laughs> without book and um, uh, booking Katie on the floor with him. So in the last two games. So yeah, I just don't know the route that we can go with that with the other big, because there are no other options unless we kind of look in free agency at this point. I like some of the small ball we saw and the Suns went to a, a lot of different looks last night. So they had Booker at one point to close the first quarter with Beal off the court. They went Booker, Durant, Metu, Little, Nurkic. We also saw Booker, Beal, Goodwin, Little, Metu. We saw Booker, Beal, Goodwin, Little, KD. So, uh, and then to open the fourth quarter, Booker, Beal, Bates, Diop, Little, Metu, with like all of the forwards out there. So, yeah. I I like the experimentation there and the fact that they're they know they don't have their answer yet, but they need to find one for what this small ball option is going to be. But I also don't think you can say Nurkic plays 30, 32 minutes a game, whatever it is, and the other 16 are, are small ball. That's that's not going to work against most teams, maybe any team, and it's going to lead to more wear and tear on Durant than you want. So they need something. Yeah, I think I teams think, are just realizing Eubanks yeah, think, is small. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of that yesterday with the weird lineups was we didn't have a Kogi. We didn't have, like, a lot of the on-ball dudes, and – Brooklyn was getting to the rim whenever they wanted or getting fouled. So I think it was just a lot of him just throwing bodies at people because they couldn't stay in front of anybody. But that's a bad thing, right? Because it's like part of playing those bigger 
overall lineups, even if you don't have positionally like a perfect one-to-one matchup for every guy on the other team is you should be able to, you know, take away the paint with your size and switch and create turnovers and force difficult passes. And there's a lot of teams that make it work with those types of lineups. I mean, when McHale isn't out there, I wouldn't say the Nets have a great point of attack defender. I know he played 39 minutes, so most of the time he is out there, but... (laughs) And yet you don't ever watch them and feel like, wow, they're they don't have an answer on defense. Like they have a scheme that makes up for that. So I think that's part of where it's you're running into the issue of like the guys personnel wise that make sense for some of those lineups are also all the young guys. And so, like I mentioned some (laughs) of them, but like I would say this week alone, I've seen multiple mistakes on defense in some of those smaller lineups from Bol Bol, Chemezi Metu. And uh, and even Nasir Little. And we've seen them before plenty of times from Bates Diop. So asking guys who are that inexperienced to execute a pretty unique and aggressive type of defense is a is a big ask. I know like Suns fans don't want to hear that, but you know, it's it's the reality. Like I saw somebody say, Well, Metu's not even that young. It's like, well, he hasn't played a lot, so you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, like I think that I think the Metu thing might be here to stay. Like the Bates Diop, that's the biggest fall. Like I think if that would have been a hit, a lot of this would have came together a lot easier. A long rangey dude that can switch and what did he shoot? Like 40% from three last year or 39% or something. Like I think a lot of that would have been fixed if we got that version of him. But with the injuries and we kind of kind of got dudes that we didn't expect to be as great either. Like, I think the Grayson Allen thing was a really big surprise. And we were all saying Eric Gordon's our sixth man, Eric Gordon's our sixth man. And now Grayson Allen's our starter. (laughs) So I think like a lot of this stuff still needs to be figured out. And I think by like all-star break, it'll kind of like all-star coming together. Yeah. And, and I think the size thing is never going to figure itself out. Like we need another center. Like I'm, we need another big, (laughs) I'm out on the point guard thing. I think we got open shots whenever we want. The point guard thing, the backup point guard thing, like I'm kind of out on that now. Maybe it'll be nice, but they wouldn't play. So I don't even know uh, when that would actually come up. But the big thing is uh, something we really need to fix. Yeah. And you're right to say it, right? Like that's the whole point of today's show. It'll look, what they need those guys to do will change with this version of the team than the version where it was like KD and a bunch of role players or booking a bunch of role players. So the job description for everybody is going to be different. It's just a matter of what is it and who can yeah. who can fill it. And maybe somebody like Bates Diop or even Eubanks or whatever, as you get reps with the new version of the rotation, the new structure of the team, maybe they stand out in a way that they haven't yet, but uh, that remains to be seen. All right, let's talk about the coaching staff and the mentality and leadership side of how this big three can coalesce over the course of the season. Obviously not going to take too much from one game, but we've learned a lot over the quarter of the year in terms of how all those guys are working together and thinking about this thing. So we'll dive into that next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. With the baseball, basketball season here, sorry, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from Prize Picks's Specials League. And what the Specials League is, is what makes Prize Picks awesome, to me at least. It's created specifically for combo projections, including two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of threes made plus receptions. 
If you want to go more local, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals back off the bye. As you can see on YouTube with my hat, I am uh, cautiously optimistic that we can see a good football game, but not going to bet on that too much this weekend. Kyler Murray, you could go rushing touchdowns and Devin Booker threes made on Sunday. That'll get you in the range of what? Probably five and a half or something like that. It's what makes prize picks fun. They also offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types to make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. They also offer injury protection and more for their picks to get the user experience much better than any other place. So fine, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA or promo code LockedOnNBA when you make your first deposit to get it matched up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Aaron. Let's close it out. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but I've been pretty intrigued by... I felt like it was kind of hard to judge Vogel on anything besides the defense up until everybody got healthy. But now that everybody's healthy, I I do think, and I, I touched on it in the first segment in terms of his approach with the offense and things like that, I think it's fair to start evaluating that side of things. And, and I think Kevin Young, too, who they spend a ton of money to keep to to run this offense. But I would say... The thing that caught my attention maybe most the past week or so as we were getting closer to the debut of of those guys was, I think it was Booker or Beal or maybe both talking about how the key for them is going to be holding each other accountable among the top three. And if you listen to them talk, I don't think it's in a negative or like intentional way, but they definitely talk about this thing as the three of them, and then everybody else. And I don't know what your <laughs> thoughts are. And I don't think that they're saying it like that, like we matter more or, but it's just the reality. Like we need to get our, you know what together and, and hold each other accountable. And then that'll just affect everybody else the way that it needs to. And, and the rest of the team can kind of fall in line. And I think when you add that, when you add Vogel's approach of being very hands off into that, it's, I don't know, it just, I, I don't, we haven't seen it enough yet for me to like have some sort of big thoughts on it, but it's interesting to hear them be kind of so open about that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of just what the NBA is now, though. Like, um, Bates Diop isn't going to be on Sports Center when or NBA today when, if we get knocked in the first round, like it's going to be Bill's face, book's face, KD's face. Like, so I think they're allowed to talk about it in that kind of straightforward broad direction because the players on the team know that like they know on first take, they're not going to be talking about a Kogi. If we blow a 20 point lead in a second round game, like I think they like they're allowed to kind of use it in those terms because that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. But with I mean, Vogel, I oh, yeah, think, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, Vogel, I think that the hands-offness is kind of wearing on him now. I think he's getting annoyed with a lot of stuff with the team, the mental mistakes and all that. And even in his post-game interviews, it seems like he's really close to letting them have it. But I still think it's early, and he didn't have all his players. So I think now the seriousness is going to turn up a little bit. But you can kind of hear it. Like, his tone has kind of changed um, the later we've gotten in the season. 
Yeah, and, and you can I, I think the thing we're learning, or maybe that I'm learning just covering the team, is he's not gonna call he's not going to even really I, I don't even want to say call out because he also doesn't really talk about the positives. Like if you ask him what did so and so do to get the opportunity, oh he played well recently. You know what I mean? So he's not gonna like yeah. be too up or too down or too specific with any any direction of of that stuff with the role players. I mean, with Booker and Durant and Beal, of course, he's going to talk them up because why would you not? But so, yeah, and I do think it's it's wearing thin, but the point I'm making with the, the role players with Vogel is you can read what he's thinking through his decisions and Eubanks getting benched. Like, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I asked him about it and he's like, well, the it was a whole different situation Tuesday versus Wednesday. So, I, you know, whatever. It's like, okay. Um, he didn't play in the second yeah. half. Either he's shown game. us from the start. Yeah, he's shown us from the start. It was more of like a meritocracy situation. Yeah. Like we, Nasir Little looked kind of bad at the beginning of the season, and then as we started to see that he started playing better, we we're like, oh, Nasir Little is playing a lot more. Yeah. Like any situation that we saw saw on the court, it translated to like the next couple of games. You're like, this person's playing bad. Oh, they're not playing that much next game. This person's playing well. Oh, Vogel's giving them more minutes. So I think with how we feel about players on the court, he feels about giving them the time. And I think that's kind of how he shows us, like, how he coaches. Like, yeah, he's not going to tell them and go off on them and point them out. But he he shows us by minutes. And you get minutes if you play well. For sure. The thing you said about, like, who's going to get blamed or credited or whatever with their successes and failures I agree, obviously, uh, you know, Yudawat Nabe is not going to be, well, he has a, a crew of reporters who cover <laughs> him every day, so I guess yeah. uh, he will be. Maybe that wasn't the best example because, you know, you, you're one <laughs> of the only two athletes in the NBA from, from a country you're going to get covered, but you know what I mean. And I, I agree, but at the same time, like you and I just spent 10 minutes in the last segment talking about how much all those guys matter, so it's just interesting to me that they're so pointed about that I guess, like, what do you think of? We kind of know what Durant is, right? He's he's not the most vocal dude, up or down, off the court. It seems like, but on the court, I think he actually is. Like, if you really watch Durant during these games, especially if you ever get to to go to them, he's very, very yeah. up, uh, like, supportive and uplifting of guys when they make plays. Like the finish that Nasir yeah. Little had attacking the closeout from the right corner on in one of their small ball minutes when little kind of he had the lefty finish but he's not comfortable so he kind of went back to his right and, and banked it in tough shot in a finish when he just had to make a play katie was like full on pumping him up in the timeout after that so like that's there i don't really know with beal but like there has to be some level of relationship i think you're seeing it with jordan goodwin they seem to have taken him under their wing. They seem to think Yusuf Nurkic is like just kind of part of everything. Like he he's he's in that group for sure. And I think yeah. uh, Eddie Johnson calls him the Big Four now, which I'm like okay. Um, <laughs> but aside from that, it's it's going to be interesting to me with the mentality of of kind of let's figure our stuff out. A fairly hands off coaching staff, and how that affects the role players who are under a lot of pressure to make plays like the Quentin Grimes thing that went viral with Tom Thibodeau 
I'm sure a lot of these yeah. these role players feel similarly with that very short leash and very direct rotation decisions based on play. Yeah, and I think it was during the Warriors game um, with Yuta. They were like, he's absolutely in his own head now. Like you can just tell that every shot that he took just has so much weight to it, and you and he's struggling because of it. You can just tell like his minutes are on the line because they bought him here to make shots and he's not making any. So yeah, like with the role players, I think it's a lot easier for a Kogi when a Kogi's missing. We're like, he does other stuff on the floor. He's our defensive player. Like, and you expect yes, him to miss almost. So leave. it's like, all right. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're wide open in a corner. And I think a lot of that yesterday, like they were conceding so many corner threes to Nasir little. I think they both had like two separate wide open ones. And I mean, not a Kogi, but Nasir Little and Metu, I think they had two open ones and they were kind of just conceding the weak side a lot of the time. And that was more my beef yesterday was they missed a lot of weak side open shots. Like, yeah, guys weren't making, but you kind of just got to make the pass until they finally do make it. And that's the thing, I guess, to come full circle with Booker in terms of not taking a shot in that first quarter and just his his deferral at times and I don't mean the thing about Akogi as some sort of massive insult it's not a, I mean what are we supposed to say it's it's this long into his career yeah. like to your point he does other things the defense is working in a way to leave him wide open I'm not breaking any ground that sounded more rude than I meant so I feel like I have to uh clean that up but <laughs> like with Booker if you're watching him and you're frustrated the alternative is that he turns the ball over or, you know, tries to draw a foul and, and, and makes it really, really hard on himself and increases his risk of, risk of injury. If you're expecting him to just barrel into the defense over and over and make contested layups and get and ones and whatever, it's like, tell me who that is in the history of the NBA and I'll, I'll let you ask that of him. But when he's 34, 2006, it's LeBron James or it's, you know, like, yeah, I guess that's like James Harden at his absolute peak because he got every call that he wanted. But like, that's not it's just not a realistic ask. And so you could you could get the version of book that that forces it does too much and turns the ball over six times a game. We got that against the Lakers a little bit. and, And we've seen that at times. Or you can get the version of of book that plays it based on what the defense is giving him and over the course of a game gets, you know, 34, 12 and six, and, and they are still within a chance to win. So uh, that that's kind of what we're looking at. I think there with some of these role players and everything else and, and what they are being asked to do, which is there's going to be so much attention on the stars. At some point, some of these guys are going to have to make shots and that's probably who's going to play as well as who uh, executes on defense, but that'll wrap us up for the day. Lots to think about, lots to watch. I will hopefully have a recap show of the Knicks game if uh, my brain can work after three straight home games and getting these 8 (laughs) o'clock tips. We'll see. But stay tuned for that. Hit follow, hit subscribe. I'll also be back with a preview show leading into that game on Friday afternoon. Much more content to come. Check it out. I'll talk to you then.